I mean, it's just hard. One of those topics in a relationship where it's like, do I dare bring this up? And I think there's a lot of people in relationships right now that they do have topics that they will not bring up. And the reason why they won't bring them up is because they're scared of the outcome. They're scared of how the other person is going to take the topic. And I can understand why. You know, there is a topic in my relationship that I have been talking about for a little while now that we've been together. And the reason why I talk about this topic is because I feel like it's the part of our relationship right now that needs the best work that needs the most work um now i mean we're just like every other couple we have plenty of areas that need work you know i.e communication um to give an example the other evening he went out with some friends to a bar and just kind of dropped off the map and again you know once we came together and we talked about it you know we figured okay it was a communication breakdown so we need to you know, we know we need to work on our communication. But when things come up in our relationship, I try to talk about them. And I try to discuss them. And the reason why I try to talk about them and discuss them is because I have seen in relationships where when these things are not talked about, they literally will rip a couple apart. I mean, it will be their ultimate undoing. Because it's like, okay, say you have an issue with, and I'm just throwing random things out there, but say you have an issue with, you know, sex. One person wants X, Y, Z, the other person wants A, B, C. Okay. Well, if left untalked about and left without a compromise point, it's going to grind the friction in that relationship. So where things that would have never have normally bothered the person at all, you know, i.e. like they left a dirty dish in the sink. You know, that wouldn't have, you know, normally it would have got the reaction of, oh, I can't believe this and just kind of laughed it off and washed the dish and gone about the day. But now it's going to become such an issue because you've got this underlying issue coming on. So any little thing is going to set them off. And that's what happens in a relationship when you don't, talk about what's really bothering you like if you hide it under other things you know you don't really get you don't really get the problem resolved and it sits there and it festers and festers and festers till literally everything sets you off the way the person eats the way the person walks the way they talk the way they eat their food I mean just little things will send you off the deep end of life Because you've got this one problem that's laying under the surface that you're not talking about, that you're not dealing with, that you're not handling. And that makes everything else amplified tenfold to where you just start snapping at each other for no freaking reason whatsoever. You know, the person walked in front of the TV during a sport or your favorite TV show or whatever. I mean, just ridiculous things will set you off. And I have seen it so many times in, you know, relationships with friends and with co-workers and other loved ones in my life. It's like, 
I see how not talking about a small thing because becomes just like this ginormous thing. And, you know, I have a sister-in-law who is a psychiatrist. And I have another sister-in-law who is a therapist. Now, having a psychiatrist and a therapist comes in handy sometimes. Um, But, you know, they both say the same thing, which is, if there is an issue, bring it up to the other person. Now, here is the telltale, you know, here is the sign, okay? If you bring your issue up to the other person... And you say, hey, look, you know, I think, you know, our communication needs to be better. You know, we had a failing communication. I think we need to start addressing it and working on it. And, you know, just just get it up to a point till that is a little bit better, to where we have better communication, to where we have better detail, to where we have a better way of handling things. If the person that you're saying this to, you know, your your spouse, your fiancé, your boyfriend, girl, whatever, you know, your, your significant other will say. If they come at you and they say, yes, you know what, we did have a breakdown in communication. And yes, I do think as well, we need to work on this. You know, let's pull together and let's work on this. That's a relationship that's going to last. And the reason is... You are both willing to have that level of openness and honesty with one another. That when something comes to pass, that you see there's an issue there, you're willing to come together and you're willing to work on it. Now, if you have somebody that says, no, you know, I don't think this was just an isolated incident. You know, I don't think we have an issue. You know, I think you're overreacting or I think you're, you're being irrational or whatever. You know, they're brushing it off. They're not willing to work on it or they're not willing to hear your side of things. Then that shows you the type of person you're with. And then you have to start making hard decisions from that. You know, do you seek counselling together as a couple? Or do you just walk away? And that ultimately, that's up to you. I mean, some people choose to just walk away and... Other people go to counselling and it works. Some people go to counselling and it doesn't. It all depends on the person. It all depends on if both parties are open to the counselling. Because that's the only way counselling works. Is when one or both parties is, you know, open to the counselling. Depending on how many of you are. If, as a couple, if you're both going to the counselling, then you both have to be open to it. So, you've got that. Now, besides communication, the other issue that will, you know, immensely create a situation quickly is when one person wants to talk about sex. Because I don't care who you are, this is a sensitive topic. And here's why. You know, with women, we want to be seen as being sexual. You know, we want to be seen as we are sexy, we are beautiful. And I'd say 95% of that needs to come within ourselves. You know, we as women need to embrace our beauty and our culture and who we are. And that's what makes us beautiful. And see our own natural beauty inside and out. You know, see that we are unique in our own ways. And the other 5% of that needs to come from your other half. You know, you need to get cues and signals from your other half 
that they find you attractive. Now, this could be holding your hand or embracing you in public, you know, when others and all are around to see. You know, you see that and you're like, okay, you know, they're not ashamed of me. They're not any, you know, they're openly embracing me in public. You know, this, this is a great sign. And it is a great sign. You know, another way of showing it is by, you know, not being able to keep your hands off of somebody, you know, like just when you're in, you know, private or semi-private or whatever, you know, you get in that situation where it's like, you know, you're just kind of wrapped up in, in each other's arms and it's like, you know, you're kissing each other, you're touching each other. You know, that's another way you show that your loved one that, you know, you're attracted to them and you find them a sexual being. Um, and then, of course, you know, the touching and feeling and caressing and everything else, that leads to sex. And, but with men, if you go to a man and you say, hey, look, you know, I need more sex. Well, then that creates kind of an issue with some men. They'll say, okay, well you know what I'm not performing enough you know they kind of feel like a performing bad in the circus um and they'll be like oh you know am, am I not performing enough you know am I not getting hard enough and then you'll have some men that you know they'll say okay well you know we're not having as much sex because you know I wear a condom and you know I just don't feel the full sensation or you know yeah, we're not having enough sex because I'm not feeling up to it. You know, I just, I'm not in the mood that much. And again, there's, there's a half a million excuses out there. I mean, literally, <laughs> there's probably, you know, millions upon millions of excuses and every, you know, and every, or I shouldn't say excuses, I should say reasons. And every reason is unique to the person who is saying the reason. Um, But the thing about it is, you have to both be open to talking about it and at times even making jokes about it because again it's it's not the talking about it that is the bad thing it's not the pointing out that you're having more desires or that your desires are not being met that is the bad thing it's when one or both people shut down to talking about the topic because talking about something is the only way that you're going to work through it. You know, you're not going to sit there and say, oh yeah, you know, well, I'm just going to talk, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm just going to, you know, sweep it away and, you know, I'm, I, I just don't want to deal with it. You know, I don't have time to deal with it or I don't think it's important enough to deal with. Well, fine, don't deal with it. But it's going to sit there and it's going to fester and fester and fester to literally everything that person does drives you freaking back crazy because you're going to be like why are you breathing so heavily you know why are you you know shuffling your feet when you walk I mean it's going to be like ridiculous things that you blow up on because you're not addressing what's really bothering you so you know this is going to be a fairly short blog but you know in short you know you just have to be with you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be open with yourself to, you know, how do I want to say it? When things are difficult to talk about, you have to be open and honest 
and talk about the situation because not talking about it is going to create an end to that relationship very quickly and also very painfully because nobody wants to exit a relationship yelling and screaming at one another but if you let something fester that's exactly what's going to happen you're going to end up yelling and screaming at each other and you know looking like bloody idiots so it's just one of those things where you know you really just have to really look at everything and really address everything and you know understand that just because you're having this issue now doesn't mean that the issue has to be permanent it doesn't have to be permanent you know you look at issues you seek counseling if you need to you know if it's a sexual thing find out where the problem lies there and then start trying to explore things it can be something as crazy as going to a strip club or a toy store Or it might be something as simple as trying different positions or who's the aggressor. You know, it's little things like that you look at to try and change things up and make things new. Because when you've been together for quite a while, guess what? The same position, the same place, the same everything, that gets old quick. So it's one of those things where if you don't work on keeping things fresh, if you don't work on your communication and if you don't work on talking about things even though they're difficult because trust me I would never want I never wanted to have the conversation with my other half over our communication I never want to have a conversation with him over sex I never want to have a conversation about a lot of things but if we have a problem in that area then I have to muster up my own strength and go and talk to him about it and go and handle it with him because not talking I've seen how it tears people apart and I just cannot do that you know I love him too much and I care about him too much and I want our relationship to be one that stands the test of time so that means that these topics while they're not easy for me to deal with in my own mind because you know a lot of these topics I'm chasing my own demons too Because, all right, we'll take, you know, we already went down the communication path, but let's go down the sex path. You know, in the sexual side of things, it's like me being a plus-size woman. I think every plus-size woman could probably relate to this at one time or another. You know, we look at other women around us. And we look at the women that, you know, our other house see in the media or see on social networking, or, you know, see on social media, however you want to say it. But, you know, we look at the women around us, and we look at how our other halves look at them, and you're like, "Mm, you know, why couldn't, why do I have this tummy? You know, why do I have these hips? Why do I have this butt? Why do I have these boobs? Why aren't my boobs bigger? Why is it my butt bigger? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We can literally sit there and destroy ourselves and tear ourselves down to where we just don't value ourselves, period, anymore. And that's just one thing that we cannot do. But it's so hard not to do it. Because, you know, like I look at myself in the mirror every day. And I can say two things. That I love myself and I'm happy to be alive. But just because I love myself and I'm happy to be alive does not mean that I don't have my own struggles it does not mean that I don't struggle with day-to-day activities that I don't struggle with 
and when I say day-to-day activities, I mean, like, whenever I'm around him. You know, like, I don't struggle, like, whenever we go out. I try to look my best, but you know what? I can't hide my tummy. It's there. <laughs> you know, I know there's spanks and everything else out there, but you're still going to see I have a tummy. You're still going to see I have thighs. So it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I try not to tear myself down, but at the same time, I look around me and go, you know what? I wish my belly was flatter. You know, I wish this, I wish that. But at the end of the day, I do love myself and I love how I look and I embrace many things about myself. But it doesn't mean that when all my clothes come off, I don't have little insecurities here or there. I think we all do, not just women, but men too. You know, I think we all have our little insecurities there that are whispering in the back of our heads. And that's kind of where that 5% comes in. It's that 5% that, you know, you go to your other half and you're like, okay, you know, this is this, you know. And that's kind of where that 5% comes from is, you know, you tell your other half, hey, you know, how do I look in this? And that's the that's the third and final thing I'm going to address. Women. And I can say this because I'm a woman, so you can scream at me, you know, write horrible things if you want to, but I'm just going to say it. When you ask the question, how do I look in this? If you want somebody to lie to you, don't ask the question. Just lie to yourself and say, yep, I look great in this. But if you really want the truthful answer, when someone is truthful to you and says, hey, that's not your best outfit, or I think you look better in this outfit versus this outfit, accept what they're saying. Because, again, if they're telling you respectfully, then they're trying to be nice to you. They're trying to help you out to make sure you look your absolute best. But... It's one of those things where if they tell you nicely, then typically, yes, they are looking out for you. Now, if they're rude and mean about it, you can tell them to go pound sand. But you have to expect the answer to be honest. And that's the thing. It's like I hear all guys say, oh, no, when a woman asks me that question, I just don't answer. See, that's the thing. When I ask the question, I want a truthful answer to it. Because you know what, if I don't look good in something, if I don't look good in my heels, my boots, you know, my sweater, my my t-shirt, my shorts, whatever, I want my other half to tell me. If I'm not walking out of the house looking my best, tell me that. Unless it's when I'm walking out of the house in my scrubs, because I know my scrubs do not look the best, but that's what I got to wear for work. (laughs) But you know, if I'm not walking out of the house looking my absolute best then tell me. I'll be more than happy to change. Because when I walk out of the house, I'm not just a reflection of me. I mean, I want to reflect the best me that I can, but I'm also a reflection of my other half. If people see me out and they think I'm dressed like a slob, well then guess what? That reflects poorly on him too. And I'm not about that, nor am I about not looking my best. Now, I'm not saying when I go to the grocery store that I have to be prim prop and, you know, I got to wear heels and have the correct purse and have everything else. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. 
you know, normally when I go to the grocery store or I'm running errands, or if I know I'm going to be out someplace and it's really hot outside, like i.e. going to a zoo or an amusement park or whatever, I'm going to wear running shorts and a t-shirt just because it's cool and it's comfortable. Like when I go out to run errands, I'm going to be running around, jumping in and out of the truck all day long. You know, running errands, going here, going there, getting this, getting that, getting this other thing. So it's indicative to me to be comfortable. So in that manner, yes, I probably don't always look my best when I'm out running errands. You know, the hair's thrown up in a, you know, a messy ponytail. I've got on running shorts and a t-shirt and I'm out running my errands. Or I've got on, you know, jogging pants and a, a sweatshirt. You know, hair's still up in a messy ponytail, but... Again, I'm just out running errands. I'm trying to get the stuff done, get home, and get relaxed. But when I go out with my other half, and whether we're going to go out shopping or go out bowling or do whatever, then I always want to look my best. And I think that's part of a good self-esteem as well, is trying to make sure that you always look your best. And it doesn't matter what your income is. Your income can be next to nothing or you can have millions of dollars and you can always look your best. So in summing things up, number one, just because a subject is hard to talk about doesn't mean that it should not be talked about. Because to not talk about something in a relationship is going to tear your relationship apart. There's no getting around that. And the second thing is when you have little insecurities, talk to your other half about those. Tell your other half, hey, look, you know, when my clothes come off, I'm not entirely comfortable with my stomach. Or when my clothes come off, it's like I feel like I don't have anywhere to hide my body like it's just all out there and sometimes I'm a little insecure about that and third and finally you know part of feeling your best is looking your best and you know we all have t troubles time to time picking out outfits I know I used to be atrocious at it again I wear scrubs for work my scrubs match each other it's not like I have to do a whole lot of matching in my world okay scrubs are all one color so you know when we look our best we feel our best and I definitely agree with that and I'm, when I say look your best I'm not talking about being you know a, a fitness model or anything like that I'm saying you know as far as clothes wise and how we present ourselves you know, looking your best and feeling your best are really tied to one another. So go out there, be open and honest with each other. If you have insecurities, don't hide them, talk about them. Because that's the best way to find a solution for your insecurities.